You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill. Welcome, everybody, to the Hustle Culture Podcast. Today, I have with me Anthony Manaya, and what we do with the Hustle Culture Podcast is profile entrepreneurs as they hustle their way to the top while making a difference. I'm one of your hosts, Ty Roxon, and with me, I've got my man, Carlos Gill. Carlos? Yo, yo. Thank you, Tayo. Welcome to the Hustle Culture Podcast. Really excited to have our guest joining us today, Mr. Anthony Minaya, who is going to bring the energy to us. Welcome to the Hustle Culture Podcast, Anthony. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. It's the second episode, too, so I got to bring it, you know? I was just telling Anthony, I was watching his uh, videos on YouTube before we jumped on here and uh, dude's just amazing. Looking forward to learning more about you, what you're working on and uh, really just what feels your energy. So let's get right into it, Anthony, for those out there watching and listening to Hustle Culture who aren't necessarily familiar with you. Tell us a little bit about you and your, your background. Awesome. Yeah, so I consider myself an artist. So what I do is I create films, uh, take epic pictures to tell stories. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, uh, I'm a visionary. I'm everything, right? But a little bit about my background is uh, I started in network marketing when I was 18 years old. I'm not a network marketer anymore, but those of you who probably know what network marketing is, you probably got pitched to something before in the past. So when I was from 18 years old to like 20... I'm 23, by the way. Uh, I was like 21, 22-ish. I know, 21. Yeah, 21. I stopped doing network marketing to, you know, then I started doing videos and wanted to provide value to people. And, um, you know, I was making a lot of money with network marketing. I was making $1,000 days, $3,000 days, uh, traveling, doing a lot of stuff. But for some strange reason for me, it it didn't feel like it was my purpose and it felt like something I actually wanted to do. Um, I didn't want to be known as a network marketing guy. I didn't want to be known as someone who, you know, who does that type of stuff. It, nothing wrong, you know what I mean? Nothing wrong. Well, some things get a little bit shady, but for me, uh, I feel like I learned so much in that field that I, I wanted to grow bigger. I wanted to grow out of that. And I started doing that and, um, you know, started my own company, started helping small businesses build on social. Um, so right now I'm currently writing my own book, my first book. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of things right now, bro. All right. Well, one thing I wanted to, to touch on it, because for those of you that don't know how I met Anthony, I met Anthony at a conference we were both speaking at. Uh, it's a podcasting conference. And one of the things that attracted me to, to his energy, as he likes to say, bring the energy, was um, the fact that he likes to reiterate the fact that you need to invest in yourself. He's always saying, invest in you. Look at the man in the mirror. He's a big Michael Jackson fan. But why is that something that you hone, on, hone in on? Because here you are, 23. I mean, well, only a couple of years apart, but you're 23. You're doing things that that many people want to do, right? And, and you said you started with network marketing, and then you decided to just go off and bet on yourself. Right. What was it like make that decision, and why is it that you feel like many people aren't doing that right now? Well, the thing is, for me, man, I followed so many leaders, so-called leaders. And the thing is, you get to a point where you follow so many people that you get led to a brick wall, Right. You follow this guy. Oh, I got the secret to something. And then he changes up his message. And then, okay, cool. Let me follow this girl because she's killing it. And then she changes up her message. And then you're just like, man, everybody I, I was following at the time 
was, okay, yeah, they're making a lot of money, quote unquote, millions and millions of dollars, whatever, taking notes from everybody. And then I realized, man, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win if I keep going down this road, right? And the minute, the minute I started saying, I'm just going to listen to myself, I'm going to look in the mirror when I have problems or I'm going through something, I'm not going to search it up and I'm not going to go see what, you know, what this guy is doing because everybody, to me, everybody's unique. Everyone's different. Everybody has different, unique styles of doing things. So if we have all unique, different styles of doing things, how would somebody understand how I would handle a certain situation? Um, so for me, I just said, you know, I'm just going to go all in myself and go based on experiences and learn from experiences. You know, I, I you know, I learned marketing on my own. Um, you know, I learned everything on just by doing it. And when I started doing things, oh, I failed. Shit, that doesn't work. I don't know if I curse. Sorry about that. Um, so I was like, man, you know, that doesn't work. And then I did this. That doesn't work. And I'm like, all right. And then you start learning how to do things based on experience. So that's where that came from. Yeah. So you had mentioned, you know, leadership before and getting into the, you know, the network marketing game. And, you know, Anthony, I went out on my own as an entrepreneur when I was 25 years old. And for me, it really came out of necessity. I was, I was married. I had kids already. And I used to be a banker that was laid off and found myself during the recession having to go out on my own just to feed my family. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I got into social media, not only because I had a business, but because I saw that the network marketing industry back in like 2008 and 2009 was was really flooding the market of social. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of those so-called leaders that you mentioned that were saying they're making $100,000 a month and just recruiting people to join these companies and these brands. And, you know, I'm with you, man. You know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, yeah. not just in network marketing, but in business altogether, where a lot of people, they portray this image that they're doing a lot more than what they really are producing. So... For you, just being a young guy, being 23, like how do you sift through the bullshit? How do you spot when someone really is legit and when they're just giving you the game? Honestly, bro, uh, it, it comes from, uh, for, honestly, I, this is not a you know, scalable answer or anything like that, but I think, I think it's because I'm from New York. And now here's the thing. When you're from New York, you just I don't know, I grew up in the Bronx. And you start, you start knowing who's real, who's not real. It's a sense. Once you know who you are, you say, how would I do things? You start looking at people. Man, that's why I changed myself up from, I used to call myself a social media expert. But the thing is, in a day and age where you can buy followers, a day and age where you can take information, regurgitate it, um, mm-hmm. you know, say this guy's quotes, this guy's line, and steal everything. And you can literally fake entire images and fake everything. Yep. I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to be a part of that group. I want to consider myself an artist. I want to create films, right? I want to create films. Mm-hmm. I want to create things that, you know, I can tell stories to people and that's how I'm going to deliver my message. So for me to, you know, I sense a lot of it. I see a lot of it, which is why I don't consume a lot. You know, I don't look at other people's stuff. I don't, it's because I just, can't, I can't. And for me, it's not an ego thing. It's just like, I really just can't sit down and watch somebody else's video. It's just, I just, just do me question on that um so you discovered this point where you said there was so much noise especially now that we live in the digital age everybody is like doing this they're the next influencer the next expert everybody has almost in their bio guru expert and um i want to ask you this question about standing out though how do you make a company stand out how do you work with a brand to stand out how do you navigate through the social media landscape and have that person tell their story efficiently and effectively well for me to stand out is you gotta you only have one chance 
like for this podcast interview, I only have one chance to stand out from everybody else. I really want to be the best guest you guys ever had. Like the last one who was on, like, I don't know who it is, that person or that dude, that girl, but I'm trying to set the bar higher than she, what they did. And uh, and then for the people to come, like after me, whoever it is, I want to be like, man, I want you guys to both say, man, Anthony set like a bar. Like we have to get more people like that. We have to, he's going to bring it. We got to bring someone else who's going to bring it better, you know? And, and that's, that's just the way it is, man. You only have one chance, one chance to make an impact. One chance. Every photo you put out, every video you put out, every podcasting, blab, whatever you want to call it, everything you do. Hey boss, everything you do, um, you know, you just want to, you just want to bring it at all times. So for me to stand out is first off, you should have one-on-one connections with a lot of people, right? Everything I study, if you want to look at what I study, I listen to a lot of music, right? A lot of underground hip hop and all these underground hip hop artists, what they do is they're in those, they're in the, a, in the, in the storytelling branding field. That's what they do. They brand themselves, their personal brands. See, a lot of people want to consume from, you know, I know a lot of people consuming from us. So I, you know, contradict myself a little bit, but you know, it's like everybody wants to learn from, oh, who's the social media guru? Who's the social media guy? But there's a lot of people that are doing it right now. Like Ronda Rousey. It's funny because I talked about her at the event. Ronda Rousey, she's doing personal branding. Um, you know, underground rappers. And what they do is their way before to make an impact was to, okay, in rap battles, you had to be the guy that was going to come in, you know, spit a verse or something and lay it down. And then everybody knew who you were. And also, you have to put a good song out. You only have one chance to play a good song, to say, you know, do a nice song, and everybody's feeling it. And then they dig deeper in the rabbit hole. So for me, it's everything I do. Everything I do has to be the best. Everything. I got to put in a lot of effort in everything I do. So I think if everybody would just take, you know, start thinking about, you know, maybe if you put a, you know, a a little lame, I want to call it for slang terms, a lame picture up or a lame video up, that may hurt your brand more than you think. Because as soon as somebody tunes you out, that's it. You're, it's hard to get that person back. So it's one-on-one connections. Every audience, every person you bring in. Like, I just met with two of my hardcore fans. Like, two people who call themselves hardcore fans. I met them this morning. Last night, me and this guy right here, who's my camera dude, me and him, we were hanging out at, in, in the Bronx. And then there was a, a, a legit fan. I don't want to call them fans, but a legit fan who came up to me, dude, you're Anthony Minaya, dude. I watch all your videos. I took like, <laughs> it was epic. And he saw it too. He was like, oh, that's the first time I see, you know, he's the first time he ever seen it. And then he was like, man, you know, that happens when you take that five minutes, take those 10 minutes and really engage with those people and tell them, man, look, we're, we're going to do this together. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my answer to that. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, we have a, we have a comment here um, around what sets you apart. Right. And I think you, you touched on it. It's, you know, for one being humble and taking the time to care about people, to respond to emails, to meet them in person, to take their phone calls, you know, just this week alone, I have had so many phone calls with people that I know and meet through social media because people aren't taking the time to go that extra step, right? You know, social media makes things so easy. We can rely on a tweet. We can rely on a Facebook message. And social media, while it's great to do this, to actually interact and meet people, it's almost taking social out of socializing. Yep. So, you know, I love what you're bringing, man, what you're saying. And, you know, it's funny because I, I'm a big hip-hop fan too, big rap and hip-hop junkie. 
And I look at the social media industry very similar to how I look at the rap game. Yep, right. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Every, you, know, you got East Coast versus West Coast. You got your different personalities, your different stars. Everyone's trying to sell their album, which is the equivalent of a book. Yep. Everyone's trying to get FaceTime. You, you got people that are beefing with each other. Right. So at the end of the day, how do you at 23 years old? OK, really just getting started down your career path. How do you break through the noise? It's by being myself. And I have to bring something that no one else brings, right? And the only way I'm going to do it is be myself. Bring that shock value. Bring a, That's why I do a lot of, I say what's on my mind. I make fun of soft people. I, You know, it, and it's funny because I, I do it because I want to attract the people who are secretly just like me. And if I say a message, if I say something, what I mean by soft people, like weak-minded people in a way that's like, oh, you know, people, who, I, I call it sheep mode where people consume, consume, consume information, but never take action, right? And right. I, call, I call it sheet mode. And I, I say things like that because I want to attract a community of people that are going to be with me and know you're secretly just like me. So for me to stand out is playing the long game. Um, you know, I'm 23 years old and I'm hustling. You know, it's funny people say hustle, hustle. They think of, okay, you're hustling to make money, right? Or hustling to make me. I'm hustling for positioning. You understand? Yep. I, Amen. I, like I hustle for positioning. So when you when you go do the little meetings, you go hang out, you know, meet the uh, the the few fans that you have, the few people that support you. You meet those people one on one on one. Man, I, you know, it's every single day just hustling for positioning. If people can hustle for their position to have massive success in the long run, I think they, that that's a different mindset. What people do is they want to stand out. They try to stand out now. You, the only way you're gonna stand out is bringing massive value you provide a lot of value but in your own way because there's so much so many people so many people playing this game how many blabs right now are going on how many social media experts there are there like how the heck are you going to stand out so you got to bring it as someone who is i call it somewhere in here that's why i say bring the energy always bring the energy when you speak from the heart speak from passion you'll stand out you'll stand out and play the long game Right. And, and um, I just want to point out something that my man Roberto Blake says. It says, my definition for the word hustle is to move purposely with a sense of urgency towards a clear goal. And to that point, when I started UID Media, it was because I didn't feel like there were enough stories out there that I could connect with. I'm someone that identifies with several cultures. I wanted to create a platform where people that identify with several cultures could come on. Now, I say that to say that understanding yourself you want to get is very, very important and understand that purpose. You brought up um, Ronda Rousey earlier, and I, I know how much of a fan you are of her, but I want you to highlight what Ronda Rousey does uniquely and what Kevin Hart does uniquely. Right. Especially with cultivating their, their audience. I know this is something you talk about passionately. And how can people apply what they've done with their brand where you can see someone that was originally just a stand-up comedy uh, comedian who was only playing bit parts has come up with Hart Productions and builds a whole brand on himself and bets himself every single time. So can you highlight that in how? Well, with, uh, with, with Ronda Rousey, I look a lot how she, like, okay, I took a photo today, right? Um, you know, I was on the phone, and uh, my guy Philly took a photo of me on the phone, kind of telling a story. Like, uh, he was like, oh, I, I forgot what he wrote. He wrote, oh, Anthony's getting ready. He's getting ready to, you know, do it. He's highlighting what we did so far and what we're going to do today. And, you know, things like that, telling a story 
of like Ronda Rousey would do a, a photo of her training and on the bottom she says getting ready. And I realized, why do I buy her fights, right? Because I, I do purchase them and she always beats people up less than freaking 30 seconds. So I'm like, why do I buy her fights? And I buy it because of the story that was leading up to it on Instagram. And I see it. I see her training, right? Training videos. Okay, so she's doing training videos. How can I do training videos, right? But training videos in my field, you know what I'm saying? Or how can I take photos like she is? She's getting ready with a punch like this. Right. She talks about getting ready for the day, August 16th or whatever, December 3rd. Right. For me. OK, how can I how can I get my guys to get me in real time action? My action is me on the phone. My action is me right here doing this thing. Right. My action is, you know, me in a meeting or my action would be on stage. So I take a lot of that and say, OK, how can I do that and tell stories around that? Um, get people emotionally involved with what I'm doing. And that's, what I think, what separates me from everybody else. because Everybody wants, wants to be like someone else and you know everybody wants to be like all right this guy's an expert a social media expert let me copy his style let me copy what he does and do that when they should just be studying themselves what works for them you know what they're into as far as kevin hart goes what he does uniquely is i i look up to him a lot when it comes to him doing his 5k runs right so what he does is he'll do a 5k run with a bunch of people in every city he goes to, he says, hey, guys, again, you're delivering value and tapping into that audience. Your audience, they show you love by buying your stuff. So you say, hey, look, come out, mm -hmm. meet me in New York City. We can run together, right? Yeah. Another way, another form of giving value is, you know, he's putting his time out there to say, okay, I'm in Boston. Who's in Boston? Come out, right? Or who's in Maryland? Come out. And mm -hmm. I, I take that, I look at that and I say, holy cow, okay, let me do the same thing. His Heartbeat Productions is the reason why I created Bring the Energy Productions, right? Mm -hmm. It's because I did that because I see it. All right, he decided to say, forget, forget, you know, looking for somebody to sign me or looking for somebody to put me in a movie. Let me go direct to market using social, right? And let me go direct to market and put out my own stuff. And I can sell my own stuff with merchandise. With He did a stadium or something like that. I think he sold out like a stadium. And he oh, filmed, he's done that, yeah. Yeah, he filmed his own thing. And he put it on, he made a deal with, uh, I think, the AMC Theater. And he, he went out there and said, look, forget me trying to be under somebody else. Let me go direct to market and let me do it. So that's why I, I i look at these people that i do look up to i look up to eminem a lot i look up to um you know all these underground art like slaughterhouse and things like that all these people you probably guys don't know but um i i like it because they're in the game i'm playing but you know and i bring that intensity i bring that fire i have to i have to bring the fire i have to bring the energy because if i don't you guys are just gonna look at me just like another person that's on the internet talking about the same old bs talking about the same old thing content yep. great content it's just all like, <laughs> it's all like you know it's all like what how this you, how can you be original when it comes to things like that so it's just being yourself. Man. No, I, I love it and totally get it. And, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. You've got a lot of people, again, kind of using the analogy of the rap game. Everyone is basically saying, hey, it's all eyes on me. Come look and see what I'm doing. You know, you've got a lot of people out there that are posturing and positioning themselves to be thought leaders. Yet they're not willing to take the time to put the sweat equity into actually making shit happen. Right. right. So I look up to people. People I look up to are not based on how many followers you have on Twitter, because to your point, you said earlier, you can buy that. You can gamify engagement. OK, so let's put all that aside. You know, that to me doesn't show that you're successful. It just shows that you know how the game works. Mm -hmm. OK, so once you put that aside, people I look up to are people like LeBron James. Oh, people boy. like 
My boy. People like Jay-Z. And the reason the reason why I look up to them is because Jay-Z again, a rapper, LeBron James being an athlete, they're in a crowded space like we are in business. But they have found ways to take their uniqueness to raise them and put them on another level. Okay, and they've transcended their industries and they're not just focused on playing basketball or rapping. They are true businessmen. They are true entrepreneurs which take risks and they basically say, I'm going to own the game. Yep. Okay. there are other rappers, there's other athletes. I'm going to own the game and I'm going to make the game my bitch at the end of the day. And that's what they do. And they own it. So there's this guy, there's this guy by the name of Hobson, right? He's one of my favorite underground. Well, he kind of came up independently. And he has a documentary out called Independent Living, right, um, by, the, by the team called Funk Volume. And he talks about how he went from kind of kind of like mute you guys self out because the, the, the echoes. So what, happened, what he did was um, he, he saw how these other industries, like other, other these people, like all these other people were doing it. He wanted to get a record deal. No more, he got signed to a record deal. And he realized that, you know, the, 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 how much like, um, what do you call it? How much uh, politics there is in the game. And he said, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to come out onto MySpace. I'm going to come on YouTube and I'm going to go on Facebook. He was like, I'm just going to go direct to market. I'm going to put out good music and go direct to market. Now he's a multi-millionaire simply because he said, I'm not going to depend on other people. I'm not going to depend on this person. I'm just going to go out, create good music. I'm going to go out there and go direct to market on MySpace, YouTube, face at the time, MySpace, not anymore. But then he said, you know, your record deals, your record labels are Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And when he said that, I'm like, wow, like, it makes so much sense when you just create original stuff. You come from heart, passion, and you just go direct to market. Yeah, we're all, we're all the producer and star of our own reality show at the end of the day. But it's up to each individual out there to determine what content they're going to put out there to position them in the best light, but also it's about adding value. So, right. you know, you seem like you're a guy who's, who gets the power of relationship building. You can't yeah. be successful in the silo. World domination does not happen in a silo. Right. You actually have to venture out and build relationships and network and add value to others. If you expect anybody to care about what you're doing. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, what I was going to say was, you know, I was talking to, Arel Moody yesterday from my other podcast and what he said was something that both of you have touched on. People connect with people based on emotion, not an intellect, right? And he, he works on the art of likability and he's talking about how you have to have that emotional connection to your audience, your fan and, and w- what you're doing. And I'll tell you a quick story before we get back to the question is and when Anthony and I met, we met on the bus station on our way from here to Jersey. We were going on a podcast conference and we were like, you know, just building a relationship. And then we found that we were staying in the same place. And right before our speaker, we, we, we both had gone on Snapchat, which is something I know you're, you're, you're a fan of, Carlos. And we just engaged the audience. I, w- I was showing them behind the scenes because I was nervous because I was one of the last speakers that was accepted to the thing. And I was like, I just reached out to them and said, hey, guys, I'm getting onto the stage. Uh, you know, I can't lie. I'm a little on. I'm a little nervous, but you know, just wanted to share that with you. And then the engagement I got from the community, I bit was incredible because they was they were sending me videos, were sending me messages, they were doing that. I know you did the same thing, Anthony, where you were just saying, you know, bring in the energy. I'm about to rock it on stage. I got a 45 minute speech. I think that's something that a lot of people forget about when going to social media. I said it in my speech. People forget to put the social in social media, and they connect. And you think of it as marketing dollars media. So yeah. remembering, yeah, remembering about why you got onto social media 
and not just to be like this influencer with 20,000 followers. You have to understand that if you have 100 true fans, they're the ones that are going to spread your message. And if you invest in that time to build in that 100 true fans, oh, yeah. you know, it's exponential growth. I'm so, big on that. I'm big on that. I'm big yeah. on that, man. To cut you off, to cut you off. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you want to cut yeah. me off? No, no, no. You yeah. know how people say. You know how people say not to cut you off, but they cut you off anyway. But uh, um, I'm 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 big on that, man. I'm big on trusting your community. I say it all the time. Trust your community. Don't rely on them. Don't you know? Don't lean on them, but trust them because when you put out good stuff, who's not one is is who's not going to want like to share your stuff. I mean, you put out good stuff and you focus on the 100 you do have, the 50 you yeah. do have, the 1,000 you do have, they will tell someone else. And I, 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 man, just by calling someone on the phone, just by meeting with somebody in, in the city, just by, you know, going to these meetings or something like that or doing something on Snapchat like, hey, Tim, good stuff. But coming from the heart, not, not fake, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people smell bullshit and you can smell it. You can just be like, oh, this guy's fake, he's phony. And a lot of this stuff is so corny. Like, a lot of people are really, really lame. And I say it like that. I say it there. Give us some examples, though. Like, you know, people would, would like, like, you know, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's the vibe. It's the feeling you get. Like, you'd be like, this guy jumps on a video. He's like, hey, guys. I'm like, ah. Like, you don't get the game. It's, 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 it's a connection you have with that person that every time, I want every time they watch an Anthony Minaya video to feel something, right? I'm going to come out with some merchant, right? With some merchandise so people could, to get some hats and things like that. But when I, when they wear it, I want them to feel a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Feel the way I feel on a daily basis. And to do that, I got to put in a lot of effort. I got to put in a lot of work. I got to, I got to, you know, come at the game in a way that is different. You just got to bring it, man. Bring the fire. You can't just do a video just to do a video. Hi guys. My name is John and I'm here to kill it. It's like, to me, it's it's about look. I'm here, and this is what I'm. The, this is the, the way it is. Whatever your field is, whatever you're trying to do, you just gotta bring that energy. I I don't know. I can't teach that. It's about passion. It's about just you know. Look, man, coming up in a game. I call it call it coming up in a game, right? You're trying to come up in a game. You're trying to make something happen. You can't do it being average. You can't do it being similar like everyone else. You can't just be another person. And that's the thing. A lot of people are are. This is the truth. A lot of people are not going to make it, and whatever making it means to them, because they're 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 average, right? And look, I, I don't want to come out as if I'm you know being an asshole or anything like that. It's just the thing is, it's just a certain energy, the certain fire you have to bring every time someone sees you, every time someone says your name. It's like, damn, dude, that dude brings it, right? So I'm I'm big on that, man. I'm big on that. Yeah. So, you know, your your hustle, man, your your ambition and drive is just very admirable. And honestly, dude, it reminds me a lot of me when I was your age, just kind of coming up in the game as well. So that, keep bro. bringing it. Keep doing you, man. So let's talk a little bit more about the business aspect of Anthony Minaya, right? So you're in New York. You're a young dude. What is it out there that you're doing to actually drive revenue at this point? Well, right now, what I do is I help personal brands. I do one-on-one coaching, help personal brands. Um, I also do uh, help small businesses. The thing is, a lot of a lot of things I'm doing is not for the money. I'm doing it because, of course, I'm doing it for the money. I mean, what you know, who who wouldn't want to do it for the money? But I'm saying when I do it, it's it's for experiences. Again, I'm playing a long game, right? I have a like I'm thinking I know what's coming in 2016 and 2017, 2018. I got it all written down with the team. I know exactly what's coming. All I'm doing now is to gain experiences, 
right? I got my company where I'm helping small businesses a month here, two months here, three months period, probably, you know, a, a six months period. And I got clients that are with me for a 12 month period, right? And personal brands. And I'm doing that to fund, you know, what I'm doing also, because I never wrote a resume in my life. So I, I don't want to, you know, write one now. So I, you know, I do that now. And resumes are just for formality. Yeah. Like, I don't even tell you otherwise. I don't even know how, how to even write one, to be honest. And that's not even me trying to be cool. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, right now what I'm doing is, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. So I'm helping personal brands build, tell stories, consulting, things like that. But I'm doing it at such an early age now because if I work with this UFC company, if I work with this certain personal brand, this guy's talking about sports, this one's talking about fitness, I can learn the psychology of their customer and I can learn how things work. Right, what works for this field and what doesn't work for that field. And it's all leverage for what's coming out for me in 2016, 2017, 2018. Yeah, and I, I love what you said because Carlos and I talk about this a lot. Um, Carlos and I met on social media like three years ago, but we've been talking about ways to work together, we've been building a personal brand. But each career that we took was a way, was a training for whatever you wanted to do in, in, in the long run. You know, we're coming up in the game, but we always had that intention that in 2017, 2000, this, we're going to have that, that intentional goal. So for example, if it's Carlos taking a job at LinkedIn, he's seeing the psychology behind what that social media company does. If he's working with several brands, he's understanding what the mindset is like. So it's that intention behind every job and understand that while you're hustling and building a business, it, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. You can apply directly every skill you learn. If you position yourself, which is another word you said in the right way, and just taking yeah, what like you need to learn and, and, yep. and apply it to what? Um, See, what I know, I did, what, no, but what I did was in the beginning, I didn't I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to run a business or a company. I didn't even know what the heck, like I had to get an LLC, but like I didn't, you know, I was doing it, you know, gangster, right? right? I was like, yo, give me cash and we shake hands. Oh. You know? And uh, a lot of times the thing is, because I come from the network marketing world, right? I, I told these people, look, I have an audience. Right. I can show you what I did for my personal brand. I was making thousand dollar days here and there, like here, here and there, three thousand dollar days here and there, making residual income of one hundred and twenty five dollars per person that joins or something like that. So I, you know, I had some form of business in me. I know how to make money. Right. So I said, OK, how can I how can I take that and scale it and you know do it with a business? Right. And it, it's scary at first because people were like, all right, let me you know, a lot of people. It's true. Because some people do go the agency route. Let me work at an agency or something, or let me, or you can go gangster, right, and do it yourself. Do it yourself, and like like the underground rappers do, right? They go in and they say, <laughs> "Look, man, I'm just gonna do this, and I will learn from my experiences. I will learn that you know what works and what doesn't work. And when you study yourself and you study and you're aware of everything you do, like if I say something and it, it gets a lot of buzz, or I do something, I was like, okay, why did that work? Right. What color did I use? What was the copy like? Right. And you start studying right. everything you're doing. Man, it's just you learn so much more than just sitting on the computer. And I talk about with a hunchback taking notes and it's like, oh, well, you know, what's this guy doing? It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just uh, I'm big on that, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're coming up. We're coming up. We've got about 30 more minutes left on uh, this episode of Hustle Culture. Just want to take a moment to thank our audience watching us here on Blab. If you guys could tell a little bird, including uh, Anthony and Tayo, let's get Twitter 
to be chirping and come in here and jam out with us for the next 30 minutes. So, you know, Anthony, man, I want to hear from you a little bit more about what failure means to you, because let's face it, you know, it's not always a bed of roses. You go through a lot of ups and downs, more downs than you do ups, especially as you're making that climbing. I want to put something in perspective, you know, Kyle, yourself and I, we're all at different levels, but we're always climbing. I don't think anyone out there is ever at the top of their game. We're always climbing. We're always learning. We can be thought leaders and be experts of our craft, but you always got to be learning, okay, and also be teaching and inspiring. But I want to hear from you. Let's talk about what failure means to you and share with us a time in which you failed. It was was right before I left. Uh, it was right before network marketing. Like I was leaving, transitioning network marketing to becoming a personal brand. Um, you know, I was always a personal brand, but I didn't want to associate with that. So I went from our team was like making like twenty two thousand a month, right? And what we were doing was the very next month, everything just started going down, 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 right? And I had an event coming up, right? And I was like, okay. The guy I was working with, by the way, uh, you know, I don't want to say his name, but we were working together and we had an event coming up and he decided to go to another company. Me, I wanted to stay loyal. I was like, come on, man, you know, you want to stay loyal to this company. So we had an event planned and the fact that we split, we had just still this event going on. So we didn't know what to do. So he was like, oh, yeah, man, we can still do it. Go ahead and do it and we can crush it. I was like, all right, cool. I'll do it. Just, you know, we'll go out there. Everything's cool secretly he told everyone not to show up right to that event told everyone not to show up uh you know anthony's not part of this company anymore don't show up we're gonna take it as a loss don't worry about it i was like no dude i'm committed to this like you know he told everybody that for me i was like i'm i'm in don't worry about it i'm I'm ready to make it happen even though all you guys went somewhere else i go out there and i'm the only one that showed up to that event and i go in the room Right. And I could, I look at this as a failure, but, you know, all failures lead to, you know, it's, you, you always fail forward. And I was standing on the stage that I was supposed to be speaking on. It was like a hundred chairs or something. They set it up and I was the only one on that stage. And I was like, man, I'm like, I, I just, I can't do this anymore. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't do this. I can't just, you know, I, I, that's when I made the decision to become a personal brand, started doing me, started opening my company, started helping people. And I started making videos, hardcore. And that's one of my, another, like, that's a huge failure. Another one was, um, another one was when I was in college. I went to college for a semester, right? And uh, I actually got, I was there for football. And those three months I was there, I was reading books. I was just trying to get something. Like, I was trying, like, in network marketing, they teach you read books, personal development, all that stuff. So I was just reading, 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 fill my classes crazy. And then at the end of the semester, I actually got sick. And I was, uh, I got sick. I actually went to the hospital uh, off the dehydration, whatever. I was throwing up. I was vomiting for like three, four days. And I realized it was simply because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I, I went to college because of my parents. My parents were like, you got to go. You got to go. I was like, all right. I got my own place in upstate New York. You know, I was doing this network marketing thing. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to play football as well. But the fact that when I was over there, I got sick and I was throwing up and I knew why I was going to class and I was just like, man, I'm writing on the paper. I'm going to be rich and will be rich and all this type of stuff. Like, and that was one of my biggest turning points in my life because, you know, you're in the hospital, you have the IV thing going on 
And you're like, man, that's why it's important for you to do what it is that you really love to do. And if anybody tries to force you to do anything, you're not going to win anyway, right? Because they're forcing you and they're telling you to do it. So those are kind of my two biggest things. Right. And and then, you know, I love that you said that. every time I speak and I go around and I'm writing on my blog, I say we have to learn how to defeat the supposed to syndrome. What I define as the supposed to syndrome is the idea that you're supposed to do something because society tells you you're supposed to do, your parents tells you you're supposed to do. So what I'm asking you, Anthony, uh, and we're talking to Anthony Manaya here, is I'm sure at one point when you were, you know, doing network marketing, doing just a semester of school, you had people around you telling you, what the hell are you doing, bro? Are you serious right now? You're 21, 20. What did you do not to, to, to not to make, well, to shut out the noise and also to surround yourself with people that would challenge you? Because I, I know you're big embedded in yourself, but sometimes the environment you hang around is one thing that helps. Um, so I want you to, to sort of walk me through that process. Tell me the time when you had to have questioned and doubted yourself. You're like, I, maybe people are right. But tell right. me what you did and what you pushed through. Well, my, my brother is a huge inspiration in my life. My brother is 30 years old, and we kind of think the same way. He's like a mentor to me in a way, not in business, because he's not doing business himself. He's into like modeling and things like that. Um, but, you know, for me, well, that's kind of like personal brand business, but he's not into social or anything. It's just his mindset. It's like having an older brother and somebody that's there, look, man, this is how it should be. This is how it should go. And I kind of got brainwashed by him, I guess, that um, we use a lot of slang. Because, you know, again, we're into that culture where we use like, oh, you know, don't don't be whack. You say that, don't be whack. Like, don't have a whack mindset. I say that, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, don't. He, he looks at me, bro, you can't hang out with whack people. And it's, if it wasn't for him, I probably, honestly, probably would have got sucked into everything everybody was telling me. I remember one time when, when I was in the hallway uh, in high school when I was 18, I was literally in tears with, with my with, uh, with a friend of mine who's on my team right now too, but he was with me and I was in tears. I was like, look at everybody. They're robots, right? They're robots. This, like the teachers, like I was trying to recruit everybody. I would do like sit down presentations with flip books on the teachers. I would bring teachers to events to try to recruit them. Everybody. I, I was like, I'm going to own the whole entire lunchroom, right? I'm going to have a good, and I had this image, this weird image of me standing on the lunchroom table and everybody just like, yeah, like I'm having an event in the lunchroom. It was, it was freaking hilarious. But a lot of them were like, oh, Anthony, what are you doing with scam? Or Anthony, you know, why are you into these type of businesses? Or, you know, you're not going to be successful. You need to go to school. And all this stuff, of course, you're like, man, what if they're right, right? What if they, you know, how, you know, what if I do feel I look stupid, right? And and my brother just always comes and say, man, we're going to do this. Don't worry about it. You know, he was in network marketing with me at the time. Um, but when we went our own ways, he stopped network marketing earlier than me because he saw these leaders jumping from company to company to company to company. And, all you know, they're, they're just people leading sheep. Right. And, you know, that I don't want to say that in a negative way of anybody who's on here's in network marketing. Hey, look, do you? Because I learned a lot. I learned a lot from it. It's just as an end game for me, I, I, I you know, it, it wasn't the right, right move for me. But. To answer your question, man, my bro, my bro was huge on it. My bro was uh, someone who really kept me on track. So I've got a question for you, Anthony, but before I get to it, I want to answer or I want you to answer, um, if you may, a question here from the audience from Alex. He says, you mentioned you don't consume much. Where do you go for inspiration? My bro. My bro. And also I look at, you know, music. Music is huge for me. 
I listen to Eminem. I listen to uh, uh, Eminem song, a song called Phenomenal too. It's a great song, Phenomenal. Um, you know, which just really gets me pumped up in a way that it's like I know where I'm going. And for me, you know what 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 drives me too, man, is being a human. Honestly, being a human. And this is some weird thing, but I think about all the time. And I say this in a lot of my videos. I say we don't have enough time. Meaning we have enough time. I'm 23 years old. I have enough time if I'm alive, right? But at any day, it could be our, our last, right? And I oh, say that. In, in an instant, absolutely. Yeah, at any day. Like like right now, get out of here, get hit by a car or something, I'm gone, right? And the thing is, mm-hmm. can you say you gave it your all? And I say this a right. lot. And a lot of people, if my audience is on here, they're probably like, oh, this guy's saying the same thing. It's just, I really believe that being a human, you should be a beast in life. You should be... You should, like, you was brought on this earth for a reason. You know, what's that purpose? Not just to right. be another person, not just to be someone, you know, that exists. It's you was here for a reason, right? You raised 40, over 40 million sperm cells to be on this earth, right? <laughs> right? Like, like, come oh, on, man, right? dropping it like it's hot. It's true, He's, like, uh, that's as real as it gets, man. But anyways. <laughs> no, it's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, it's come the, on. The truth. You're right. Like, why, why, why are we, we going to hide the truth, right? Because uh, everybody wants to do that. Hide the truth. It's like this bubble of BS that everybody just like, nobody wants to say the truth. It's honestly. And, and for me, that's what really, really drives me. And if you start realizing, you know, are you doing, you know, you know, to be a part of the elite, three percent two percent one percent group of people in life right to have every all areas of your life on point financially you know spiritually if you believe in that stuff um you know you know health your health are you going to the gym when you want to be on point in all areas of your life and and you look at how only a few people on this planet are like that you strive to be in that three percent five you know whatever five percent that yeah i'll tell you that yeah, and I'll tell you this. My everybody knows my personal manifesto is use your difference to make a difference, and that's something I live by every day. And it's like it goes in line with what you're saying. I've had a near death experience, and that was the first time I woke up. And I was like, I was 22 at the time, and I was like, I'm 25 now. I was like, what the? Because I I had an accident where it was a three car accident. My car was totaled, and nothing happened to me. No need to go to the doctor. I was just in shock, and I was like, you better wake up, Tyler. Because that, that could easily have gone up. I could have flipped off the bridge. So what is your personal manifesto? That's one question that was there in the audience. And then um, I want to ask you a question after this about you going gangster reference. Um, Martin has a question about that. But what is your personal manifesto? First of all, and we lost him, but he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, great dialogue so far. You know, one of the things that really resonated with me, Tayo, and I know it does with you is, and that's time. You know, time is an asset. And, you know, so many people out there, they talk about having these goals. And by the time they get to be this age, they want to go ahead and do this and be here. Why not just do it now? Right? That's my philosophy. There's nobody holding you back. There's nothing stopping you from achieving who you want to be and what you want to do other than yourself. So you got to look at yourself in the mirror and realize that you are your biggest competition and you are your biggest adversary, and you're also your biggest fan because nobody's willing to work mm-hmm. harder for you than you. And that is real talk. Real talk. <laughs> also, you got you to look at it this way: if you're not the best version of yourself, you can't be the you can't be able to help anyone to become better. Because if you can't even give yourself your all, how are you going to help someone be get to that level where they need to be? Right. So it's it's all about investing in yourself, looking at the man in the mirror, and I, I tell myself this. When I look in the, in the mirror, I'm saying, you're the person I want to be. I say it all the time. 
Like you're the person I want to be. And if I lose sight of that, remind me of that. So I just like to tell myself that there's no one else that can be the best me than myself. So if I'm not doing that, uh, I'm just shortchanging myself. I don't know. You know, Shia LaBeouf likes to say, just do it. Yeah, and, and that's it, man. Again, you know, I firmly believe that you can do anything that you possibly want to do as long as you have a plan to get there. I don't know if anyone watching this knows about me or if you even care to know this about me, but I didn't finish high school. All right. I dropped out of high school at 17. I didn't go to college. I've done very well for myself in my career because it's always been about having that drive and having that plan to not allow myself to be held back because I don't have a piece of paper. I know a lot of people out there have the very same story to share. And so many of us, we live our lives aspiring to be like this person, to be like that person. You know, if you would have asked me six, seven years ago when I just got started in the game, who I wanted to be like, I would have said, I want to be like Gary Vaynerchuk. And I tell people now at my age, I'm 32 now, I tell people, just be yourself. Okay, learn yeah. from others out there. Have role models, have people that you look up to, follow their playbook very closely, but have your own playbook. Yeah, have your own playbook. And look, and just to contrast what you said, you didn't finish high school. I did the whole thing, right? I, I wrapped up my MBA and everything, and I still had several failures, right? I went through the, I did everything I was supposed to do. Like I was saying, the supposed to syndrome. I went to college. I was like the student body president. I was whatever. And, and all that happened. But then if you don't love what you're doing, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you don't love what you're doing, you can't really make that impact that you want to make. So I, I think what Carlos is on what's on Carlos shirt, <laughs> hashtag real talk is getting to know yourself and make sure you invest in yourself every time. And Nelson Mandela is my favorite role model. I, I, I look at his story, but I also look at ways I can apply it to my life. You know, I'm not going to be in jail for 27 years, uh, God willing, knock on wood. But still, there, there are many things I can I learn from that, but I can always apply that to what I'm doing. And I think it's it's a it's a mixture of not trying to be the next someone, but also understanding that you can learn from their mistakes and apply that to yourself. Absolutely, yeah. If anyone yeah. Wants to, if anyone wants to jump in, so it looks like Anthony, uh, our guest, he uh, he jumped off. If anyone wants to jump in for the next ten or fifteen minutes and chat about what hustle means to you, we'd love to go ahead and chat with you. You know, Tyler, you're spot on. You can be anyone who you want to be. You also got to be your biggest mm -hmm. fan. And, and one thing that's very important is relationships. Mm -hmm. And my dad, since, I was, since mm -hmm. I was a young little boy, my dad always told me that relationships will save your life and networking will save your life. And I didn't understand at five, six, seven years old what that really meant. But I tell you what, at 24, 25, when I found myself out of a job during the recession, you're damn right. Networking and relationships saved my life. And that is such a powerful piece of advice from my dad that he handed on to me that if I can hand off to anyone else, I would say, just focus on people. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's how we got it. And um, Anthony's just charging his phone uh, because I, his battery died, but yeah, I mean, great, great advice, Carlos, Andre. I know I've seen you on the chat. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Thanks for coming on. So what's your story, sir? Am I frozen? No, you're no, good. no, no, you're good. So you are oh, okay. awesome. Finally get to say hi to Carlos Santel. How you guys doing? 
And um, you know hey, what you guys have been uh, talking yeah. about, even in the last part uh, podcast, uh, last half of the podcast, it was really, really, really inspiring, especially for my wife, um, trying to you know encourage her about her uh, you know being a cook and stuff like that, and um, just tr- it's just trying to figure out how to speak to her in a way that will encourage her as much as possible because. Most of the time, she's just like, oh, you're my husband. You have to like me. You have to like my food. You have to like this. You have to like that. So um, it's right. great. It's great to hear that encouragement from you guys. Thank you. You know what, Andre? Oh, You've done a great job networking. You know, the fact that I put out Snapchats throughout the day and you actually <laughs> snap back to me. That No, that means something to me because it yeah. shows that you care and you're willing to go the extra step. So many people are using social media nowadays just to broadcast. Yeah. How many people are actually using it to have dialogue, meaningful dialogue? So for that, my friend, I applaud you and just yeah. thank you for, for uh, your support always, and for being I always, a friend. Um, wonder if I'm not doing enough because I always hear them talk about hustle, right? And sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm working so hard. And I'm like, am I working hard or am I hardly working? Because to be honest, it's like I see you, I see like uh, you know social friends and all those guys and Vincent and all those guys like they're pushing it hard. I'm just wondering maybe the area that I live in that maybe it's I might have to move on and try something new, right? So those those are the things that are starting to go through my head. And, um, you know, when watching you guys, but I love watching your Snapchat, man. You're, I love your daughter, man. She, she's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're the cutest thing. Here's my cutest, thing, bro. Yeah, I want to grab her cheeks and go, <laughs> And I'll turn it over to you, Ty, I promise. But in life, you got to be willing to pivot. And you're going to go through ups and downs, man. You know, by, by no, I consider myself, you know, having periods of success along the way, but there's been a lot of failures. And I've used those failures to lift myself back up, man, and learn from them. And you just got to yeah. know when to pivot. And uh, just to take it in stride and everything helps build character at the end of the day. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. And, and uh, we're going to try and get Mike Stelzner in. But one of the things that, um, I, that I admire that you did, Andre, is that you showed up. Yeah. That's all that matters. You know, you showed up for the last lab. You showed up. You understand? And the, the misconception with um, working or hardly working is the fact that hard work is, is something that's different for everybody. You know, it's it's what you're putting your attention in and what your focus is. Everybody, someone could work 24 hours a day and not sleep and that, and you would know results. But someone could work, you know, 10 hours and meet the right people, like Carlos was saying, and network and connect and just be that master connector and position his or herself at the right place. And then, and, and then they put, they position themselves to be, to be experts. I mean, it, it's, it's not a, a one size fits all. It's understanding your target market understanding why you do what you yeah. want to do and just working to get there. So someone asked, um, Martin asked earlier, Carlos is a better person to ask this, but Martin asked, he said, he's not on Snapchat. Why should I use Snapchat? And I was one of the people, I got Snapchat when he first came on, but I never did anything to it. All I did was watch the stories. My brother was always on there. Carlos was always on there. Um, Anthony Minai was always on there. I mean, his phone is, uh, is, is out there, but he's always on there. But what they both did was they built that community of people where they were just going about telling the stories. You were just telling me how you love Carlos's daughter. I'm sure you haven't met Carlos, but that's something that you knew about Carlos. And that's understanding your audience. And now you're on his blab. So it's, it's figuring out a way to, to reach out to your audience and tell them about yourself. Because if they buy into your story, they're going to buy into you and what you sell. And they're going to ask you to please give them products to sell. 
They're going to tell you like, hey, look, I love what you do. Can you educate me more? How can I support? What do you have? What's a product that I can use to get? So it's find that balance between that. So I hope that helps you. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. What, what, I was, what I was going to say to build on what Tayo just said is, you know, talking about Snapchat, talking about the platforms, it's not about the platforms themselves, guys. It's about using this to have access to people. So, so many times we think of social media as a broadcasting medium, advertising, marketing platform. This gives you access to people globally. And again, it goes back to using these platforms to build the relationships, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's Blab, whether it's whatever medium you want to talk about. It's about bringing it back to the center of people. And without people, there is no social media. And with that, welcome, Mike Stelzner. Hey. I just, just want to take time to shout Mike Stelzner out because this is a guy I listen to every Are week. Are you the social media podcast, uh, social media uh, examiner guy? That's him. Oh, yeah, that is him. Wow. Nice to meet you, Michael. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> but that's the power. Of, this is exactly what I'm telling you. This is the power of connection. I've listened to him from the beginning. I yeah. saw how he, he was in, he in the white paper industry. Before. I'm going to let you tell your story, Mike. But this is, how, this is the importance of why you need to position yourself and connect. So with that being said... Mike Stelzner, please tell us. Can you guys hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Yes. Well, I just wanted to comment on the hustle thing. Um, uh, I I think, thanks for letting me come on. I I was trying to get on my iPhone. It just just wasn't working. Um, So I think where a lot of people get hustle wrong is they think that hustle means go out and pitch yourself over and over and over again. And I think we need to realize that we live in an era where the salesperson is no longer really – respected or accepted. And I think that um, nobody really wants to be sold to until they're ready to be sold to. So if you want to hustle and you want to succeed in your business, it's about serving other people. And that's what I did when I started Social Media Examiners. I figured out something that would benefit everyone, you know, something that would benefit those that I asked to write for me and something that would benefit the people that were reading it and the people that were, you know, um, doing all the other aspects. So the idea is to really force yourself out of your thinking about yourself and put yourself in the position to think about whoever it is that you want to serve. And so many people that hustle um, are rejected by the world because it's obvious that they're all they're looking for is their next gig or their next dollar. And everybody knows when you, when you meet somebody who is really interested in helping you and goes out of their way to serve you without asking for anything in return, that stuff stands out. And that's the kind of hustle that I recognize at Social Media Examiner. And that's the kind of stuff that really allows you to succeed. So I just wanted to share that thought with you guys. Thank you, Michael. Oh, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm happy to hang around and chat a little bit longer, but I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it goes, it goes back to asking a very powerful question that I don't think enough people do today. And that's, what can I do to help you? Right? So many folks out there, again, are using these mediums to broadcast out what they are doing but they're not really taking the time to build those relationships and ask, what can I do to help you with no expectation of anything in return? And, you know, I'm a big proponent of, again, to your point, Mike, your hustle should be to really try to build as many relationships as possible. And not just, yeah, I want not to just build the scale, but really focus on the quality of the relationship too. If you go to somebody right. who you perceive as important to you and you say, how can I help you? They're going to say, I don't need any help. Now, I think that right. saying that in your brain is good, but saying it out of your lips is different. I'll give you an example. John Lee Dumas. Do you guys know who John Lee Dumas is? Entrepreneur yeah. on Fire? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So he reached he out to me because yeah. he, he wanted to develop a relationship with me. And he made a video. And he said, here's how you can improve your podcast 
listening on iTunes. And he made a five-minute video, and he showed me little tips on how I could improve. And then he said, if you want to talk further, I'm happy to help you. Now, do you guys see how valuable that is? That's unsolicited gift that he's given me that is valuable for me because he saw something that he could add into my life. You know, he, he basically just poured some. Now I consider him a friend, you know. And th that is something that was strategic, but he never asked for anything in return either. And he continued to give and to give and to give. And I think that's the way that you can be successful in this world is to just notice where your gifts are and maybe where someone else could use a little bit of advice and give them a screenshot, throw a couple of arrows on it or whatever. But if you create a little video for someone like a YouTube video and you make it private and you send it to them, man, nobody ever does that. I, I can probably count on one hand the number of people that have ever done that to me. And uh, it just allows you to stand out. You know, one one question I have, and that's such a fantastic point. With Mike on your podcast, when you bring people on, I'm just curious how you what your strategy is behind that because you do social media jungle, and a lot of the ways you frame the topics of your podcast is is how to be a thought leader here. I'll do that. And one of the last ones I listened to was how you went behind the scenes as to how you pick speakers, mm -hmm. right for for your conference, and you were talking about. I think you maybe you listed six or seven criteria that you need you need necessarily you have to have. Can you talk about why, in terms of personal branding, that's something that people need to focus on if they want to be that industry leader and how that ties in with relationships? Um, so I think I understood what your question was because um, there was a couple of different questions in there. One was how do I get people on my podcast, but the other one is how can you be a thought leader? So no, <laughs> no I'll, I'll simplify it. It's you, in, your, in your podcast, you talked about how for your conference, you you used a, a six-step process to get people on your podcast. Right. I want you to, to talk about why that was important to you yep. and how that ties into relationships. Yeah, so bo the bottom line is uh, we look at four things. Number one is, um, uh, I have to remember the order, but um, uh, the first thing is, are they good communicators? So the key to having anybody on a show is or on a stage is, are they excellent communicators? That is always the first criteria. If they're not able to articulate verbally very well, then they're never going to have a good opportunity to be on a podcast or to be on a, on a speaking stage. That is always our first important criteria because no one wants to listen to someone who isn't a very good communicator. Second thing is, do they have deep domain expertise? So you can be, as I'm telling you these things, you can be listening, all right, do I qualify in these areas? Because these are not just me, these are universal. So do they have a, an area of expertise that is interesting to somebody who matters. You know what I mean? So um, if you're in the automotive industry and you happen to be an expert at, at, at uh, redesigning cars and there's a bunch of automotive people that you want to get to know, maybe you just have that really unique skill and craft that they're interested in. But if you're coming to me as an automotive expert and I'm more your cars and I'm more trucks, you can see how there's going to be a mismatch there, right? So uh, in my case, they have to have a deep area of expertise that our organization cares about or my podcast cares about. In this case, it's social media marketing. Uh, the third thing is, have they written a book? Now, the reason why we ask that is because if they've written a book, it means that they know how to teach or it means that they've organized their knowledge because the arduous process of going through the pain and agony of writing a book, um, what comes out of that is really very, very a lot of work to, to organize that thought. If they don't have a book, do they have a podcast? Do they have a blab show? And the reason that's important is because that means that um, they are used to either 
conveying their expertise on a weekly basis in a solo show or extracting expertise from other people's in the form of a podcast, you know, and, and those are all kind of um, crafts that you can do. You know, you can start a show even if you're not an expert and that can allow you to kind of become someone who is looked up to by others in the industry. And then the last thing is, which is the least important is, are they known to our audience? And that the only value proposition there is sometimes there are some people that are really famous that um, everybody wants to hear their backstory. You know, like everybody wants to hear from Chris Brogan or um, Guy Kawasaki, you know, because these are very high profile people. So, but we put that last because the famous people aren't always the best teachers. They're not always the best communicators and they don't necessarily have that area of deep domain knowledge. So the people that we get on our podcasts, a lot of times no one's ever heard of them before. Or if they have heard of them, it's because, um, because maybe in Facebook marketing, they're really, really famous. I don't know. Tayo? Tayo? How do you say it? Is Tayo? It's Tayo, Tayo. But a lot of people say Tayo. It is Tayo. <laughs> did I get, did, did I get at your question or no? I don't even know. The reason I really wanted to bring that up is because a lot of people, in a, we've done two episodes today, and a lot of people were talking about how to stand out, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you're one that looks for people that stand out. And I wanted you to go through that process because that's something that you look for. And that's something that people could consider. Uh, Carlos and I wrote books for that, you know, for a reason, because we want to organize our thoughts. But I like that you went through that process. And then the second question I was asking was relationships is when people are trying to get attention of people like you, what do you look for? Because many people here would say, look, I've been in this industry for 10 years. I've been hustling, 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 but I can't get in front of the right person. You're an industry leader. You're a thought leader. You're someone that all of us here listen to weekly. If someone wants to get your attention, what, how do you sift through the crowd? And what do you look for? Very well, good question. Yeah. So first and foremost, I want you to all understand that it can take years. And I know that it can take years to get through to the right people in whatever industry that you're in. It's taken me years to get to where I am right now. You know, I mean, um, in the beginning, people like Guy Kawasaki and Seth Godin wouldn't give me any attention. So you just have to understand that you have to be strategic and you have to be consistent. Um, one of the things that the best thing you can do is go to conferences and you guys, I mean, Carlos, you know, this, I mean, you've been in the social media marketing world, um, and there's other conferences in whatever industry that you're in, when you get a chance to physically meet people person to person and not just for a few seconds, that's powerful. Um, it's very, very hard to get through to some people. So for example, in my industry, you know, there are um, hundreds of people that have spoken on our stages before. So one thing you could do is strategically get to know them because maybe you're not going to get directly to the top dog in your space. So maybe what you could do is build relationships with those people that have influence of the top dogs and get to know them and get on their radar and become someone who they respect. And then they can vouch for you if that makes sense, you know. Um, but that's kind of like how the world has always operated, right? <laughs> um, there are ways to fast track this, but, um, you know, it's extremely difficult. Um, sometimes you can get recognized because you do something amazing, but in, in this day and era, you know, there's a lot of talent out there. It's very hard to really be amazing, but I know that, um, a lot of times some people go down the route of writing for a major publication and they get recognized and they get a speaking opportunity then someone sees that they spoke or they take their video and they put it up on their website and other people see the video and that leads to something. I mean, I don't know, Carlos, how did you do it? Because I know that you're someone who I've only recently come across probably in the last two years, right? Yeah. 
You know, Mike, it's 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 interesting that you say that because I see a lot of folks that are up and coming in the industry now. You know, I've been in the social media game since 2008. And it took me up until this year to actually have an opportunity to go to social media marketing world and lead a panel discussion. And, you know, year one, I thought I was already ready. Year two, I thought I was ready. And I knocked on those doors and the opportunity didn't present itself until this year. And for me to be able to go to social media marketing world was an honor of honors, right? Because that's where you have that opportunity to rub elbows with some of the top speakers in the industry. And to continue to learn. I think that's that's the biggest thing. And that's something that's so lost in this industry is while a lot of people view us as thought leaders and experts and gurus, we're all still students of the game. And um, you know, that's why I tell this younger generation coming up is you're not going to be ready overnight. There is no overnight success. There's a climb. And you have to be okay with that climb because when you go on a stage at a social media marketing world or any event out there, people are looking at you as someone who is going to help guide them and help improve that, you know, their situation at work or in their business. And if you're not delivering that value, not only is it a poor reflection on you as a speaker, but also it's a poor reflection on the organization that's giving you that stage to speak. So, yeah, um, and, and I want everybody to understand, yeah, you know, you have to understand when you're in the audience and you're looking up on stage and you say to yourself, I'm better than that person, which I know happens to everyone, right? I could be doing a better job than that person. You have to ask yourself, what did that person have to do to get on that stage? Yep. And why did somebody, that person, and it comes back to the relationship development, you know, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, we had 150 speakers last year and I know there's probably another 150 that were in the audience that were better than most of those speakers, but I would have never, but, but the bottom line is it's because we recruit 100%, you know? So um, it takes time to build those relationships and it takes time to, to like show up on the radar. And what's great about Blab, I will be honest with you, Blab accelerates the radar thing. I've yeah. met a lot of people on Blab that impressed the hell out of me, you know, and, and what's great about it is it's the closest that you can get to physically meeting someone in person, right? It's kind of like as if we were just all standing in the hall having this conversation together and it just happens right. to be 28 of us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and, and that's that's all right. And you know, I love that you you're harping on offline experiences because you do social media jungle. We all talk about social media, but it, it's something about being there in person, person that enhances that experience, right? And Blab's like the closest. Oh, well, there you go. So, so, so examiner. Social media examiner. Sorry, it's a jungle, it's a jungle out there, man. Social media examiner. The jungle thing is as part of the intro. I just always say that social media examiner. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I know it, you look. You kept me on point. But the thing is, staying using that offline experiences and making the most of it. You know, we were talking about earlier. Part of being successful is showing up, and then when you show up, what you do with that opportunity. So whether you're you're one of the, you're going to be a speaker that's better than someone out there, what are you doing to put yourself in that position? And, and you know, I love that both of you harped on that on that part. I mean, Carlos and I met. I started using social media a year after Carlos did two thousand nine. So. Maybe I'm, I'm a little late in the game to you guys, but it's it's understanding that positioning is great, understanding to make the best of your opportunities and using your relationships to accelerate you and not to not to use it as a you know way to motivate yourself. Um, one of the questions that the audience had was, why did you shift industries? What what about the white paper industry was something that you felt you needed to shift from? Because you were already successful because you were someone that was a thought leader there as well, right? I, I, I remember you saying you used to get speaking speeches, speaking engagements and stuff like that. But then you decided to do something else. Well, I'm coming up on 19 years as an entrepreneur. So um, I, 
you guys are going to do this. I mean, you're going to, everyone who's here right now is going to, is going to shift or pivot sometime in their future. And, um, I started in, you know, 1996, so almost 20 years ago. So along the way, the white paper thing was really big and I was the thought leader in that space. And I began noticing a lot of people talking about social media as a way to promote white, white papers. And for those that don't know what a white paper is, you probably know what an ebook is, you know, article meets brochure. And I just started noticing all my friends getting really excited about Twitter and Facebook. So I started doing some training on social media for my audience and saw the opportunities and reached out to my friend Brian Clark, a copy blogger. And I said, I'm thinking about starting this site called Social Media Examiner. What do you think? He said, yeah, maybe I'll write it for you someday. And, um, <laughs> and it just took off. And eventually I shut down all the other white paper business. And honestly, when I started Social Media Examiner, I want you guys to know I'd only been doing social media for maybe six months. I didn't know what I was doing at all. It wasn't about me. It was about making a platform for others and making a movement, you know, and now we have millions of people that visit the site every month and it's insane, but um, it's always been about quality. And by the way, that's one way to stand out in a, in a noisy space is to be quality. Um, everything that we do, our vision statement as social media examiners, all that we serve is quality and we service all with excellence. So we're like a restaurant, okay? And every platter we have, we want to be high quality, whether that be our conference or a blog or a podcast or a live blab talk show that we do every week. And we know that by being super high quality that we're going to stand out because most people don't have the time and don't care about um, putting the time into it that we do. And, and, and by the way, if someone who's listening right now takes that same stance, you know, of delivering quality content and service in everyone with excellence, that's going to be like that restaurant that you love going to on Friday nights that you tell everyone about, you know, and everything just explodes from there. So Mike, I got a question for you. You know, you talk about quality. Let's stay along those lines. I posted this question recently on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. So would you rather have 1 million social media followers or 100 quality connections? <laughs> Which network? <laughs> um, no, uh, it's not about the numbers. It's about, in the end, it, look, I'm, if, you, if, if you emailed me, Carlos, and said, I want you to come on my podcast, I only have 29 listeners, <laughs> right? Which is how many are here right now? I probably would say no, mm -hmm. right? Because if I just cared about the numbers, right? But, if, but instead... If you said, come on, Blab, and we're going to have a chance to let people see who you really are, for sure. I mean, like, I've always told people it's not about the numbers. It's about the connection. It's about the quality. Um, the fact that 29 people are here and many people who probably have no clue who we are are meeting us now for the first time is very, very powerful. And that's why I'm about 40 days into my Blab experience. And I do think this is the best thing out there. And, and you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I get like 30 to 40,000 listeners every week on my podcast. Um, but I'm here with you guys spending a lot of time with 31 people. So what does that tell you? I care about people. It's not about the numbers. The problem with numbers, it, the, the good news about numbers is you can do big things with them, right? You can have a conference where thousands of people come. Um, the bad news about numbers is it's impossible to service them all, right? And with just 10 or 20 people, you can change the world. And that's what's exciting. With the right group of small, small group of people, you can change the world. But with millions of people passively involved, who knows what's going to happen?
Exactly. It's about evangelizing the, the audience you have and engaging with them. And and on that on that point, one of the biggest questions people have, Mike, is um, with social media platforms, right for me, there's been a couple of questions on the side where, for example, we met, we mentioned Snapchat, for example, and, and you know, Martin was like, like uh, he's the one in the question says, why Snapchat? Why should I care about Snapchat? And I hear this all the time, you know, like, I, I hate Twitter, I hate Facebook, I don't know, I hate that, but how can someone determine which social media platform is right for them? Well, first, you, have to, to get yeah, the message first you have to ask yourself, who is it you're trying to reach? And um, once you know who you're trying to reach, then the next question, like, for example, for Social Media Examiner, we are trying to reach self-employed people and marketers that work for someone else, okay? The, the entrepreneur and the marketer. Um, who wants to understand how to use social media? So that's like who we want to reach. So the next question is, where are they hanging out? And you start with one place. In our case, we started first with Twitter um, way back in the day. And then once we got that down, where we understood what we were doing and we understood how the culture was on there and we understood how to engage and interact with people, then we said, all right, now let's expand. Where can we move next? And for us, Facebook was next. And then we continue to do that, you know, and today we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, all, all sorts of them. But we have a big team now, too. So you have, you know, if, you, if you're just a one person show, you got to start with the, the platform where they are and where you are excited about it. It's got to be both. Right. Like if you don't fit, if you don't like understand Snapchat and you don't want to use Snapchat, which I don't, then don't go there. You know, I'm not there. Um, that's my thoughts. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have more to say about this than I do. You know, so I was at a con. No, I mean, Carl, go ahead, Tyle. No, 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 no. I was going to say, you know, Carlos is the master Snapchatter here, so I, I'm, I'm still learning. So I, I don't know if I have anything to say about that. But yeah, just go ahead, being yourself. You know, so what I love most about Snapchat is it's just a platform where I can be myself. I'm not talking about what I do for a living. I'm not talking necessarily about social media. Just really focusing on telling the story and let people in. You know, just the fact that we can be on Blab and someone that follows me on Snapchat comes in and says that my daughter is beautiful. To me, that means everything to me. Because it really shows that someone's engaged and they're and they're observing, which is something I think we question a lot nowadays on these social platforms. Are people really listening? Your content's getting out there, but is it really being seen, right? And I think Snapchat really gives you a, a barometer to see who's viewing your content. Carlos, who are the who are the up and coming thought leaders? I know who Sean Duras is because I had him on my show, but like who is you know, amongst marketers or whatever, who's who's someone that's really kind of trying to position themselves as the next Snapchat thought leader? Because I honestly don't track that. Yeah. So in Snapchat, there's a there's a couple folks. There's uh, Sean Ayala, who he's uh, doing really good work. He's uh, an artist. There's Tyler Nikolai, that is a great storyteller, very similar to what you would find with a YouTuber. And then I got to tell you, Nick Cicero of Del Mondo, great friend of mine. Um, he's someone that has started the first agency that focuses on connecting brands with Snapchatters. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think those are three great folks out there that have a you know, depth of experience in the space, not just in social media, but in Snapchat. Very cool. You Tayo? I know you said that Snapchat's still new yeah. for you. No, no, I'm, I'm, look, I'm just learning and I'm starting to do it more, but I think what really matters is it's like what Mike was saying is it's, Doing what works for you. Like Mike, I started with Twitter. Uh, Twitter's probably where I get my best engagement. Then I moved. Uh, Facebook was sort of something we already had, but I had never used it for business purpose until recently. Then I started building my publishing platform, which much like your um, your website is, I started opening the platform for others to contribute. Then I started realizing that I was getting 
a little bit more engagement with Twitter, or with Facebook, with the message and all that. So I, I learned more about that. And then Blab came in, live streaming came in. I was a little hesitant at first because I was like, ah, I don't know. But then I got on there and it's crazy. I've been on for 25 days, but the relationships we've had, uh, it's it's almost raised exponentially. I've known Carlos for almost five years, and this is the most we've talked, yeah. and we're doing a show together, right? And 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 that didn't happen without Blab. You know, we I you know we've gotten to meet each other and all that. But I think once we understood what we wanted to do, which was to reach an audience and tell them stories about what it's like to to be an entrepreneur in the social world in a digital world, we had something, and we had a platform that was just positioned to do that. So it's that finding that marriage. So, Mike, I got a question for you. I was uh, recently at uh, an event. I was at Dreamforce. And one of the best quotes I had heard came from Adrian Brunier, who's uh, from the show Entourage. And he was actually talking about the state of the social media industry, which was interesting, hearing a celebrity, an A-list celebrity, talk about social media. So he compared the industry today to its teacher versus Snooki. You have, yeah, <laughs> you have people out there who are the Snooki character who's trying to get as much limelight as possible without putting in sweat equity, without hustling, bringing it back to hustle culture. And then you have the teacher. You have folks out there that they're doing work, they're teaching others, and then they're going back to the lab. I would love to hear from you, where do you find that balance? So again, we talk about up-and-comers, we talk about folks that have aspirations to make a dent and a name for themselves in this industry. Where do you find that balance between teacher and Snooky? I think y'all need to be teachers. Um... You guys know, I, I'm sure if you remember back to when you were a kid, uh, what happens when magnesium lights up? It, it it creates a big flash and then it's burned out and it's gone, right? right. So we've got we've got cool. too many magnesium uh, marketers out there who are the snookies, as you call them, mm-hmm. um, who basically are are uh, all they care about is go is is basically just hopping across the backs of others to get to where they want to go. And you know what? What's great about this world that we're in right now is the transparent. You cannot hide anymore. You know, you can try to create these fake personas for yourself and create these images for yourself that appear, make you appear to be something that you're not. But the great news about social media is everyone talks <laughs> and, everyone, and everyone knows who the, who the servants true. are and who the snookies are, you know. So the teachers are the way to, to the future. And, you know, what's great about being a teacher, um, you don't have to be an expert. Uh, there's a lot of people that as soon as they discover something brand new, all they say is, I just discovered this cool thing. Here's what it is. Here's how it works. Go have fun with it. Um, that is really what's going to allow you to be successful. In the olden days, you guys, I'm a little bit older than you, I know, but you know, I'm 47. So back in the olden days, when you, um, you would have people that would learn something and then they would hide it from the world. Okay. And they would tell the world, hey, um, you want to know how to do this? You hire me. Okay. You want to know how to do something like this? Um, I know how to do something like this. Come hire me. That does not work anymore. Now, instead, the way that you get opportunity is by showing the world that you know how to do things, even if you're just early into the process. Um, like the second I got on Blabs, I was four days into Blab before I started telling Social Media Examiner audience about Blab. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And, you know, nobody does even still. We're all that new in this platform. So the idea is to find yeah. something and show the world what you found and say, help me figure out why this is so cool. Or here's my observation on it. And I'll go do some fun stuff with it. If you do that enough, then everybody will come to you and they will look to you for the next big thing. This is what Robert Scoble does. If you guys know what, who Robert is, you know, he just yeah. constantly finds yeah. new shiny objects and lets the world know about it first. And as a result of that, everybody watches everything Robert does. 
That's the way you can be successful mm-hmm. in this world. And by the way, you don't have to be the first. You don't have to rush out to be the first. You just have to be thoughtful about it. You have to be um, yeah. intentional and you have to say, okay, here's what this is. Here's how I'm using it. Tell me what you think. That's going to go a long ways. No, I love it. And uh, you're right. The BS meter, just it's it's so easy to see through that, especially with a lot of the newer um, social media apps. And it's and if you're not someone that's authentic, it's going to show. Um, but I want to take a chance to take some questions from the audience while while we have you on here. We have a lot of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't I want to pick dominate your conversation. I just hopped in here. No, no, no. Hey, it's an honor. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's, so uh, one of the questions. One of, the, one of the questions is from, uh, it says, excellent blob yesterday on the implications to web advertising of Apple ad blog. Yeah. Care to discuss? Yeah. So uh, yesterday is, uh, I have a weekly show on blab and you can find it by clicking on my identity, but we do a uh, weekly talk show on what's going on this week in social media and iOS uh, nine came out. Did you guys, are you guys Android or, or are you iPhone? iPhone Carlos? all day, every day. Okay. Have you updated yet? iPhone. I have not. Okay, so yeah, I, just, I, I did it. It's great, but here's the deal: Apple has integrate. Apple has allowed people who buys ad blockers now to have it integrated into the operating system, so it integrates into Safari. And the bottom line of ad blockers is that if, if people turn this on, um, they can now block uh, Google Analytics. They can now block um, ad display units from from going to a website. And they can probably block any other third-party tools that you might be using to collect insight on your site, like, for example, Quantcast and Compete and uh, Alexa and all these other kinds of things that you put on your website to collect data uh, so that you can get an audience analysis on your website. So because Apple has decided to do this, uh, one company, I think it's called Crystal, if I'm not mistaken, came out with um, an ad blocker and sold 150,000 of them in like four days, okay? So the, so, so the world is changing is what this means. For those of us that have blogs and want to look at Google Analytics, for example, to get insight into our mobile users, that data is going to be forever not accurate now. Uh, for those of us that want to monetize by display advertising on our website, which we do not do at Social Media Examiner, but many do, um, the mobile audience is going to be blocked. Um, and I think this is the beginning of a, of a sea change in the world of, of content and blogging because so much of what's out there is available for free, but it does cost money to produce, right? So it's paid for somehow and it's underwritten by the sponsors and the advertisers that are on the website. So what Apple is doing, Google sells your data. <laughs> Apple is allowing users to be totally private, which is a good thing, but at the same time, it could fundamentally shift the way free information is distributed on the web. And it may be that major websites will no longer offer free content to someone who has ad blocking technology or may just shift the entire web to having to pay to get to content or, or may force traditional public publish publishers, Forbes and all the other guys to actually figure out a new business model. Um, and it's, it's the beginning of a massive shift that's going on right now. And it's not going to change because all it's going to take is Firefox, for example, on the desktop to, to have this installed natively. You know, you know, Chrome will never have it because it's owned by Google. <laughs> right. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> these kind of things are coming and, and it may require those of us that have blogs that monetize to display advertising to rethink our entire business model. So, you know, Mike, while, while we stay on yeah. that with, uh, you know, the state of tech and social and where it's headed, you know, we're almost done with 2015. So before we wrap up here on this episode of Hustle Culture, we'd love to hear from you a bold prediction. Or 2016. 
as it pertains to social? Yeah, um, I, I, <laughs> my bold prediction is that live casting, which is what, what I call what we're doing right now, is is um, is going to see a massive uptick in adoption next year. So um, I count Meerkat, I count Periscope, and I count Blab, and I count what's going to come out next, right? Because we don't know <laughs> what's, right. Google, what's Google going to come out with next, right? Or or um, or Apple or whoever, right. right? I mean, so it's just a question of not if, but when. So I think this whole live casting movement got its birth in 2015, but I think it's going to see massive adoption next year. And mark my words, you're going to see someone who uses a platform like Blab or like Periscope, who's going to end up with a television show in the next two years, for sure. Wow. Meaning, meaning they've started with this platform yeah. and they are going to go mainstream television as a result of getting discovered from this platform. I love it. And um, I think so. And and once again, I just want to thank you all for coming here. One, the last question I want to ask is, keeping in theme with the hustle culture, what is one or, you know, if you have several piece of advice that you would give to up and coming hustlers out there right now? Um, sorry, you broke up a little bit. Can you say that one more time? All right. I was saying, what is one piece of advice you give to up and coming hustlers yeah. uh, right now? First and foremost is, um, don't quit your day job, <laughs> you know, um, because there is no such thing as an overnight success and it does take a lot of time. Um, and I, I be persistent, you know, continue, um, but have a strategy in your mind, have a vision. This is where I want to go. Don't just blindly go wherever the wind blows, but instead say, okay, I actually want to go here. Give yourself a goal give yourself a deadline and then what you can do is you can act like you've already been arrived and then go back what did i do one step before i arrived what did i do one step before that and then when you what you'll have is if you start from the point of arrival as in two years from now or whatever figure out the backwards plan and then you've got an entire plan that you can execute on but most people fail because they don't have a plan that's solid advice all right no you're right Plan, 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 plan. Well, I mean, we just want to we just want to thank you so much for coming on here. And um, I, you know, one of the things I love about Blab is the unexpected surprises. You know, we started with uh, Anthony Minaya and we ended with Mike Stelzler. And uh, you know, a lot of us can relate to what you've done. And we just want to say thank you. But I think it's admirable that you were able to take the time to actually come share some knowledge with us because, like you said, we're all in this together and live streaming. I think it's only just beginning to see the fruits of the labor. So, well, thank thanks you, for sir. having me, guys. Thank you, Mike. Bye bye. All right. Goodbye. Well, Carlos, wasn't that wasn't that absolutely nice everyone out there watching? Make sure that you follow Mike Stelzner at Mike underscore Stelzner. Make sure that you also follow Stelzner. Social Media Examiner at SM examiner and visit their website social media examiner sign up for the newsletter stay in the know because i tell you that is the publication to follow in the space of social media so that concludes this episode it's been awesome jamming out with you tayo and big thanks to all of our listeners here on blab absolutely and just before you go it's you know he has a michael stelzen also has a podcast subscribe to him on on, um, itunes and stitcher and Carlos and I have a YouTube channel where we put in all this on there. So YouTube channel is Hustle Culture. Uh, you know, please subscribe for more updates. We're going to be doing this every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, and, and, you know, if you guys, once again, have recommendations for guests, 
Let us know if you have questions ahead of time. Let us know. We're all easily accessible. But thank you for showing up. Check out the the you know the YouTube page and uh, you know give us give us a, a mention whenever you can. But um, thank you for being patient with us and staying with us throughout every single thing we've done today. All right, Hustle Culture Nation. We will see you next week, same place, same time. That's Saturday same. at one p.m. Eastern, yeah, ten a.m. here on the West Coast. So for now, guys, fist bumps, peace, out. Out. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.